Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. That's the Fantasy Brothers podcast. I'm Josh. And, uh, you know, frankly, I got to get some stuff off my chest. Uh, I guess first, before we hop into all that, if, if you enjoy the show, if you listen to the show, if you're coming back every week to check us out, wherever you get your podcast, leave a review, uh, subscribe if you're listening to us on YouTube, I guess watching us on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, that out of the way. Um, good God. Fantasy football is just, just crushing our souls this year, isn't it? I mean, it is a deep, dark depression that we're being thrust into with fantasy football this year. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about all the stuff, all the things that happened. Uh, we're recording this Monday. Yesterday, we're, we're going to get into all the stuff from, from Sunday, but uh, my God. Uh, DK Metcalf, knee injury, Mike Williams, ankle injury, uh, Brees Hall. That was a moment of silence for Brees Hall. My gosh. Um, brutal stuff. Fantasy is, I don't know, man. I was having the, I was thinking to myself yesterday, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we subject ourselves to such a painful existence when it gives us nothing in return. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for you. I mean, you all have been listening to the show for any amount of time. You will know that Brees Hall has been my love child this entire offseason. I've been talking about him nonstop. And I was right, you know? And I was not just right, but I was benefiting from it because I had him, you know? Do you have like a main league, like a league that, you know, you really pay attention to. And you, so, I mean, you sort of do the other ones, but this is, this league is the league. You know what I'm saying? It's the league. Maybe it's your, your biggest money league. Uh, maybe it's your group of friends from college. That's, that's what it is for me. It's been going for like six years or something crazy like that. We've, we are degenerates in this league. Um, it's a fun, fun time. It's, you know, we can, keep up with our guys from college and it's a blast. We're spread out all over the place. We come together every year for a draft, you know, wearing the jerseys, the smack talk, the whole nine yards. It's it's a fun time. I got Brees Hall in that league and not to mention I got Kenneth Walker in that league. So things are going well, right? Wrong. Bad. Brees Hall out for the year. Brutal stuff. Um, DK Metcalf, I had him in that league too. Just, I mean, again, I'm thinking to myself, Yesterday afternoon, driving home, why do I keep doing this crap? I, I didn't have an answer. It's just, I mean, it, it's terrible for the player, Brees, Brees Hall himself. Like, that. that is awful. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, you feel for him, honestly, more than you do, or maybe some of you crazy people are like, oh, he's ruining my fantasy teams. You know, I saw somebody saying that they whiffed on Brees Hall because he tore his ACL. He said, oh, yeah, he busted this year because he tore his ACL. Listen, the dude was probably going to – he was trending towards being the overall 101 next year. Uh, people had gotten to the point with him where they were willing to take him over Jonathan Taylor as the RB1 in Dynasty. So he um, – maybe curb it on the bust thing. 
Uh, also, again, the NFL probably is also wondering why they're doing this thing as well. Uh, you know, we are suffering through fantasy this year. The, the players in the NFL this year are suffering through some weird concussion stuff. I mean, you saw who uh, it was Amon Ross St. Brown. That's who it was. He was concussed and out for the game, except at the end of the game, Dan Campbell said, oh, actually, he was not concussed. And somebody with binoculars said he got up and was dizzy and um, and he was out for the rest of the game. Didn't get to play because some dude person with binoculars said no. So that's awesome. I don't know if y'all noticed this probably two weeks ago now. When You remember when Teddy Bridgewater, so this was right after Tua Tagovailoa had his whole thing that started this whole shebang with the concussions uh teddy bridgewater in the game he started the first game after Tua got hurt right he starts that game and then he's concussed and so he's out for a week he doesn't play the next week even though he cleared concussion protocol right so like he gets hurt on a sunday and then goes through a full week of practice clears protocol but then, because everybody's losing their minds about concussions, Teddy Bridgewater does not play. Oh, wait, he does play on Sunday. They list him as the backup. The starter gets hurt. Skyler Thompson, whoever who, whoever he was. He got hurt, and then Teddy Bridgewater stepped in and basically played a full game. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, these concussions... This is... It's getting ridiculous. I mean, you've got players... Imagine if this were to happen in the playoffs, you've got, let's just do the exact same scenario with Amon Ross St. Brown, right? He gets hit, gets up a little wobbly, goes to the sidelines, goes to the blue tent, gets checked out, no concussion, but because, you know, he got up wobbly, they said, you can't play. Imagine that happens to Patrick Mahomes. Let's say, let's, let's paint the picture for you. It's the AFC championship game. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's the Buffalo Bills. It's the Chiefs. It's it's a rematch of last year. Amazing game, right? Except Patrick Mahomes gets whacked by Von Miller, gets sacked, uh, gets up a little wobbly, and some person on the sidelines with binoculars looks at Patrick Mahomes and says, he's a little wobbly. So when he goes you know, to the blue tent, gets cleared, the team says, okay, you're good to go. That was a scary one, but you're good to go. No, the bloke with the binoculars radios down to the field and says, actually, that guy that you were going to clear, Patrick Mahomes, no, he's out. He's out for the game, and you're screwed. What are we doing? I don't know. Football's weird. Football is super weird this year. It has taken everybody's soul Javante Williams out for the ACL. J.K. Dobbins comes back from the ACL. He sucks. Uh, Brees Hall gone for the year with the ACL. Mike Williams, D.K. Metcalf, who knows how long he'll be out. Just a brutal day to do fantasy football. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're also going to get into the Christian McCaffrey thing. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate, I guess, that we didn't talk. Listen. We released an episode last week. We tried to do two a week, something like that. We released an episode late last week. And then uh, news dropped literally the day, the night 
after we recorded. And then, you know, the news dropped the day we released that episode. Obviously did not talk about Christian McCaffrey in the last episode. He plays Sunday. He gets a small package of plays. I think he's got like eight carries or something. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into the dynasty implications, all that fun jazz. But suffice to say, Christian McCaffrey, big moves. Good for him. Uh, pitiful for the Panthers, except the Panthers looked good on Sunday. So we know nothing about football. That's all I've learned. I don't know about you. But all I have learned from football this year is that I don't know crap about it, and the players that I like will get hurt, or some guy in binoculars is going to radio down to the field and tell them to not play. That's all I know. So with that, let's hop into the episode. Let's dive into it with Ben. Again, if you enjoy the episode, leave a review. Give us five, give us one star if you want. I don't care. Leave us a review. Uh, tell your friends about it. Subscribe on YouTube. That'll do it for me. That's enough. All right, let's let's hop into the episode with Ben. We're diving into all the pain from Week Seven right now. This is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Ben, we talk football. Meat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. I'm Josh Johnson. Ben Watts is here with me. He's Big in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. The passenger. We're, <laughs> we're both in the driver's seat. How about am that? I at least, we're talking Am I at least football. holding a shotgun? I mean, you're holding a shotgun and shotgunning a beer in the process. That's good with me. <laughs> That's all you need. You're good. You're set. You're fine. Yeah. Oh, it's been a depressing week of fantasy football this week, to say the least. For, for some certain people. For me. For you, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, we'll, we'll get into all the news and things like that. But uh, Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, both sustained, well, in Brees' case, a serious knee injury. DK Metcalf's, we're not really sure yet, but... Uh, might have lost two and starters there was also for the about year 15, 15 minutes of pure joy for the Michael Carter owners, only for that to get snatched away as well. We will cover that as well. Yeah. There's a lot to get into. A whole ton to get into on this episode. How'd your team's fare, Ben? Uh, really well. We probably won about a... We probably went about 70% in redraft. We went undefeated in Dynasty. All teams there, for the most part, competing or really good. So we are we're in good shape right now. Yeah, I um, I did uh, fine. I did fine, I guess, this week. The the Dynasty leagues are split bag. You know, there's the one there's the one that I care about, and that's where this is really depressing. It it didn't go so great, but. I could still there's, win. There's two you care about. There's two I do care uh, a ton about. The one, there's one that it's it's a foregone conclusion. I'll win that week. The uh, the main one, it's very possible. I think I looked and what I needed was David Montgomery to outscore Ramondre Stevenson by three points, and I would win the main league. That could happen. So yeah, I'm not quite sure. I haven't really looked. 
Uh, it's early on, but it is a very tight matchup. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, everything else, the redraft teams, they did pretty solid. There was one league where um, I had Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs on bye, and I won anyway. So that was great. Uh, yeah. That feels pretty good. It feels pretty, pretty solid. And it was not close. I think I won by like 40. So the team stepped up, which is... How good is this team, bro? It's the one, it's the one we talked about last week where I was 10-2. and two. I'm about to be 12-2 and because I'm going to beat the league median. Um, let's look at it real quick. Let's pull it up. This uh, was I think the I know team which league where... This is. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I picked up and started Gus Edwards off of waivers literally 20 minutes before kickoff in the 1 o'clock games. Um, I have James Robinson, so that's about to be very nice. Um, slotted in DeAndre Hopkins, and I got lucky with George Kittle and my tight ends. I had a tight end score 25 points named Jawan Johnson. Do you know who that is, Ben? I know who it is, but I haven't <laughs> mentioned his name. I may I may have never actually even said his name before. I did but not I know, do who, know he was. who he is. I straight up did not know who this man was. He was the backup tight end. Well, he's not really the backup tight end for the Saints. It's kind of he's the actual tight end, but Taysom Hill is kind of a whatever he is. Taysom Hill doesn't count as a person. <laughs> Just delete him, and he's fine. Like, he doesn't count as a human being. Yeah, it's fine. He's, you can take him or leave him. Uh, yeah, Jawan Johnson scores 25 points. It was a good week. Anyway, let's uh, let's hop into some news. We've got a lot of injury quit news. quit bragging. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to turn Too the brag. Too many injury news. We got Mike Williams. He suffered a high ankle sprain, we think, on no, Sunday. Mike. Justin Herbert does not need this. He does not. He definitely does not. He's already got Jalen Guyton out. Josh Palmer is out. Keenan Allen is nowhere near 100%. And now Mike Williams has a high ankle sprain? This dude has zero weapons. I mean nothing outside of Eckler. Yeah, and it it played out that way because Eckler ended up with 16 targets and 12 catches for 96 yards. That's insane. Austin Eckler is current, you're currently your RB1 in fantasy and it's not close. I don't think that's going to change. I, I, yeah, I don't either. Because he's just that. Uh, he doesn't need to run the, the ball. Yep. The post we made from like earlier in the offseason, we got a lot of hate for it. Like the first couple of weeks when Eckler wasn't popping, and now that one I think is a hundred percent going to come to fruition. Yeah, like I mean, barring I said, injury, and if if Eckler goes down, like. <laughs> That's that's going to be ridiculous for the Chargers, but... Yeah. What do we say? That Eckler was the safest... That's right. It was Eckler was the safest back, and I was taking him over Derrick Henry, I think. Something like that. Turns you probably said CMC. I might have. I don't remember. At the time, I remember it being pretty bold, but it, it turned out fine. Yeah. So, they need they need receiver help. I feel like they should trade for one DJ Moore. Or an Elijah Moore, either one of them. That would be great. They, dude, imagine Elijah Moore in that offense. Oh my gosh, dude. You got Keenan working the slot, middle of the field, Mike Evans deep, and then Elijah Moore doing what he does, the slot and 
do it all world. Oh gosh, that'd be so much fun, dude. That would honestly as so, a massive Justin Herbert fan and a I have a lot of investment in Herbert throughout my leagues. I really, really need this. Yeah. I think I've got several Elijah Moores scattered throughout my team, so I would greatly enjoy that. Uh he he's too good to be wasted away in New York, even though New York is playing really well. And what's funny is he's got the same problem that the Atlanta Falcons pass catchers have where they're just not throwing the ball in New York. But the deal with New York is they have much better uh, other weapons that they can turn to, whereas Atlanta is just... New York is actually winning games. Right. Yeah, so... And not getting eviscerated by the Bengals. Right. We don't even have this on here, but your boy Arthur Smith dialed up 13 pass plays in a game in which your Falcons got destroyed. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) What is that? Like, Like, I get... Like, honest, if you're going to do that, please put Desmond Ritter out there. You know that Marcus Mariota is not the future of this franchise. And you know you are getting destroyed right now. People have figured out the offense. They know we're going to run it 40 times a game. Cordell Patterson's out. Tyler Algier's okay. But, I mean, he's not the end all. And we have no passing threat at all. So you could probably put 10 men in the box and put one safety out there. Because you know we're not going to throw it to Kyle Pitts. So that safety is fine by himself. Yeah, I mean, you've got... It's very frustrating to watch. Super frustrating because you've got two legitimately good pass catchers that just it, don't, I think they elite do pass catchers. Yeah, they don't impact the game at all. Drake London is a ball. Is he's a beast, and he's not going to do anything. No, the yeah. I don't know if it'll get. I him think the fired. last time we threw over twenty passes was like week one. Oh God, I don't know if it'll get. Arthur Smith fired or not, but because they're three and three, like they're not, they're not losing so badly that it's like, okay, we got to get this dude out, but they are very middling and they just will not throw the ball. And now you're not throwing the ball in games in which you're getting destroyed. So it's like, all right, what, what, what even is the point of having a quarterback of having these two first round picks that you just won't throw to. We draft pass catchers to not throw the ball. I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, today, so this is we're recording so this on over. Monday. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on here. Matt Ryan, it was announced by Frank Reich, is going to get benched. He's not going to get benched for his backup, though. He's getting benched up for Sam Ellinger, who was the third-string quarterback on the depth chart last week. Now he's the QB1. Great job, Sam. <laughs> uh, and the quote was it not was just nothing a, you did. Yeah, obviously, because he has not gotten on the field. But what was interesting to me, and I don't know if you really looked into it or not, but the quote said not just that they were going to let Matt Ryan figure things out on the bench this week. It was a, hey, we're going to play Sam Ellinger rest of season. and And that was like, specifically what Frank Reich said, which I thought was really interesting. Is it crazy that I'm okay with this? 
I mean, like Matt Ryan has been that bad where it's like, all right, it can't. I mean, I guess it can be worse, but he, he can't be much worse because he leads the league in interceptions, fumbles, and sacks. He has 11 fumbles and nine interceptions. Behind that offensive line with Jonathan Taylor back, and Jonathan Taylor touched the ball like 12 times. Yeah. And Taylor was in a, great. In a close game. Yeah. And Taylor like, was awesome on the touches that he did get. He was averaging like f- almost six yards a touch. Yeah. Brutal. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I guess it's time to eat crow in that whole um, Michael Pittman got himself an upgraded quarterback. Uh, Yeah. I, I miss <laughs> Carson Wentz, honestly. Carson, Carson would be an upgrade currently. Uh, DK Metcalf suffered what Pete Carroll today called a patellar injury. Uh, A lot of people were afraid that it was an ACL, and I was shaking in my boots. But it looks like it will not require surgery. They have not released any kind of timetable for his return, though. It's possible he could be next week. It probably will be one or two weeks. I don't know. I'm not I don't know a ton about the like a patellar injury. Um Yeah, I guess we're just kind of in wait and see mode on DK otherwise. Yeah, and I guess you in know, the meantime, fire up Tyler Lockett and you feel good about Marquise Goodwin cuz it looks like Geno Smith will support whichever pass catcher. Marquise Goodwin blew up. Where did that come from? Yeah. He scored and it was so funny because he mossed, I do that with air quotes, he mossed J.C. Jackson on the play in which J.C. Jackson actually didn't really get mossed, but he fell over because he tore his patellar tendon and um, <laughs> was out, is now out for the year. He dislocated his kneecap. And so people were circulating this, this clip of Marquise Goodwin mossing him, but it was just because J.C. Jackson dislocated his knee. <laughs> he suffered a severe... A season-ending injury on the play. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, really unfortunate. So, the news before the news, Christian McCaffrey. Biggest news. Yeah, so there's there's big news and there's more big news. So, Christian McCaffrey over the weekend was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for... Did we get to talk about that? We did not. So okay, we no, released, so it happened after Monday night, so we'd already recorded. Yeah, we recorded an episode, and then at like 10.30 that night, it released that he got traded. I would I would like y'all to do this to like, like Jacksonville did. Jacksonville was very respectful. Right before we record, they dropped the news that they're trading James Robinson. San Francisco decides, no, let's do it at midnight after they've already gone to bed. That's and not exactly recording again until Monday. <laughs> Anyway, CMC, um, obviously, Sunday, I think he ended up with like eight carries. Did he have like 40 yards, something like that? I mean, he had a fine day. Yeah, he was really efficient with his carries. Yeah, nothing It was kind of, if, if anybody came out of the live stream, it's kind of like what we said. You can't bench him, but the ceiling's really good if he scores, but we we kind of expected this. I mean... He got traded there three days ago. He's not going to be full ready to go with the playbook by Sunday. Right. So it was a very limited package for him. 
Rest of season, though, how bullish are you on CMC in the new offense? Uh, very bullish. Same as he was at Carolina, if not, if not as good. I mean, this is he's never been in an offense that can utilize him like this. This is the best situation he could have landed in, I think, for him and for fantasy. It, honestly, it probably is just because. I think somebody pointed this out. I don't remember who it was, uh, but they pointed out that not only did he get traded to an offense where he's going to be at worst the same he was in Carolina, but he's probably going to be better. Not only that, they reinvested into him. So, you know, at 26 years old, yeah, they, they have to. At 26 years old, you know, he's getting to the point, that cliff with running backs where it's like, okay, we're you're thinking of life beyond this player but the 49ers just traded like a second round two second round picks two third round picks and a fifth or something something along i don't remember exactly what it was but it was a lot they're all in it they they, i think they knew they had to come up because like right beforehand we were seeing reports like they wanted two firsts or they wanted like a really high first i'm like you're not getting that from a 26 year old running back i don't care who it is and so I said, like, if the Bills come to you and they offer you their first-round pick, I don't care if it is the 31st overall pick. You have to take it. So this was this was a good package for them, I think. This is a win for both sides. Yeah, it, the 49ers are in a spot now where they, they are chasing it this season. Um, the window for the future is potentially closing a bit, but this year they have – They've got all the pieces. They just needed one extra weapon on offense, and CMC should provide that. He should get a lot of touchdown opportunity. And one thing that people have been worried about is that you know the 49ers don't throw to their running backs traditionally, but they're they going to throw to CMC. <laughs> they will absolutely get him working in the past. I game. mean, you saw plays where CMC was in the slot, Debo's in the backfield. Like You're going to see some crazy stuff from Shanahan once CMC gets comfortable with the playbook, it's going to be fun. Dude, I can't even... must watch TV from now on. Yeah, I can't even imagine what kind of formations he can get up with Debo and CMC on the same team. Like, early on when they were using CMC, you could tell, like, the Chiefs defense was... Like, it just seemed flustered. Like, I don't don't know what to do with this guy right now. So... Yeah, it's just Obviously, the Chiefs Chiefs are just... They're a juggernaut, just like the just like the Bills. So eventually, they just they kind of overwhelmed them. But once once they really get set, CMC really gets settled in, it's going to be special. Yeah, that should be really good. On the flip side of things, you've got the Carolina Panthers. Um, Deontay Foreman looked like the running back to own now in that backfield going forward, but it's probably not going to. Chuba wasn't bad though. He wasn't bad, but like he just, I mean, maybe it's because Foreman had the one big run that we look at it and say, ooh, that was nice. But he he just seemed. Chuba did have the 20-yard touchdown, though. He did. He did. So it's going to be a committee, probably. I would I would bet on Don, Deontay Foreman being the, the running back to own, though, going forward. You pick you pick up both. I mean, obviously, you, you can't pick them up now, but hopefully you picked up both of them. And you've got there's hope 
if you've slot one of them yet, or you have to slot one of them in your lineup. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else in that trade we need to really touch on? Um, maybe I guess kind of we could go to your your point there about DJ Moore, maybe. Yeah. Um, really quickly, I do want to, I guess, reiterate. CMC, I think now has a huge boost to his dynasty value, potentially. Like the redraft value is there, but because the 49ers reinvested into him at 26 with the draft capital, you could probably expect another two to three years of CMC as the featured back for the 49ers. Yeah, that's, that's really good for him. That was best. This is best case scenario for CMC owners. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so with DJ Moore, this is interesting because now we have the benefit of seeing him for a week with the offense without Robbie Anderson and now also without CMC. So they, I don't know if you watch the game much, but they absolutely force-fed DJ Moore. Like the whole focal point, the funnel, everything was DJ Moore. And he ended up with 10 targets. He ended up with a touchdown. He had his best yardage output in like four or five weeks. Uh, he finally had a good good week for fantasy. And I'm wondering because their focus is going to be so DJ more centric going forward. I'm wondering if even if he doesn't get traded to a better situation, even if his quarterback remains PJ Walker, is there a scenario in which he just gets enough volume uh, and is force fed enough to be relevant yes i think um it's good obviously yeah obviously all this is good for dj Moore. just for volume sake there's there's really no competition terrence marshall looked pretty good but i'm not worried about terrence marshall in the slightest against him i think if you're in a redraft league this was a perfect sell high moment for dj Moore. And you can kind of spin it to where, you know, look, he's got the volume. There's nobody to take tar- targets and stuff that led away. I just don't see this level of dominance from the Panthers every single week where the Bucks on offense do nothing against him. So the Panthers offense is always on the field. The Panthers offense looked pretty good. P.J. Walker was dominating. I just don't see that happening every week. Obviously, in Dynasty, it's you feel really good about it. You're still holding D.J. Moore as far as I'm concerned. But I don't expect this every single week. Fair enough. Yeah, I I truly don't know which side of the coin I, I'm there. I I don't know if I would feel comfortable starting him yet. But on the other, I don't know. He's been so disappointing so far. And at least now I feel good about his volume like I know his floor is probably going to be okay he's probably going to have like a seven or eight point floor every week whereas he's had a couple weeks where he gives you like two because uh, he's had two weeks of single digit yardage so I don't know I, it, it really I guess comes down to is he going to score more frequently and if he does you feel great about him but uh, some of this is just is the offense going to figure some things out going forward rest of season and it, maybe it's Maybe it is truly due to P.J. Walker as going to be a better NFL quarterback than Baker or Sam Darnold. That's not difficult to do. <laughs> it is It is really not. You just have to be the 31st worst quarterback in the NFL 
instead of yeah. or I guess the thirty first quarterback in the NFL, not the last one. Anyway. Not uh, as difficult as you'd believe. No. Let's hop into the weekly weenies. It's about time. So, here we go. Let's talk about our boy Jared Goff for a second. We were we, we've been excited about the Lions offense and to his credit some of it not necessarily his fault. But I mean I mean good lord dude, what he got like one point and they were going up against Dallas. Dallas has a good defense, but they're not a defense, I think, to be feared. Yes, their pass rush is good, but they haven't been incredible against the pass. And his dude been through like three interceptions. So a lot of people been super high on Jared Goff, and he's kind of come down to earth. He has to have his weapons for him to be any good. Amon Ross St. Brown left the game super early in the first quarter. DeAndre Swift out another week. No Jamison Williams. No G.J. Chark. Like, he's, you got to... It's wait and see on Jared Goff. I think he can probably drop him for now. Moving on. Leonard Fournette. Oh, what? We should really just include the entire Bucks offense here. I know Mike Williams ended up putting up a pretty decent stat line. Um, Chris Godwin wasn't awful. Brady wasn't good. Nobody was good. And Leonard Fournette just led the pack in nobody being good with three points. Congratulations, <laughs> Leonard. You suck. Add in there Michael Gallup, Giselle Bunchen. <laughs> Thanks, Giselle, for all of this. <laughs> Michael Gallup, flip side of the Jared Goff thing. This is Detroit's defense. They're not good. You got Dak Prescott back. The running game was getting it done. You had two targets and zero catches. He goose egged. Michael Gallup. You are not a good football player. <laughs> Next. We're just getting after him. This one, the, <laughs> just coming at the players themselves. Not fantasy. No, you no, you, you are bad at your job, you yourself. sir. You need to take a deep reflection, look in the mirror, and ask yourself some personal questions. Christian McCaffrey, I got him on here. We should have seen this one coming. I get the excitement. I said to start him a lot because you can't bench Christian McCaffrey. Not necessarily his fault. He just got traded there three days ago. But in hindsight, we should have kind of seen this coming. So Christian McCaffrey is here, and that is our fault. I will take the blame for that. Next. Oh, boy. Mark Andrews. Mark. Mark, what are we doing, man? One. He had, he had, had one touch. It was a four-yard run. He had no catches. No catches for the guy who was the number one tight end overall last year, and we expected him to just keep going and be better than Kelsey this year. We 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 talking we talking no catches, Mark? You know who was better than you this week, Mark? The next guy on our list. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Kyle Pitts was better than you. And Kyle Pitts had nine yards. Nine! <laughs> On oh. three catches. Oh, we're just on not national even, tight end day. We're just national not, tight end day. We're just not even going to talk about Kyle Pitts anymore. We're just going to no. We're going to talk about him. We are going to talk about him. Hey, we're going to talk about him every single week in this segment, the weekly weenies. He is a weekly until further notice. He will be on this segment on national tight end day. I 
I, I would have bet you $1,000 if you told me that on National Titan, and nothing even matters National Titan Day, but any given week, hey, Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts are going to combine for three catches and nine yards oh. for the whole week. And I said, you're crazy. I will bet you $1,000 right now that doesn't happen. <laughs> I would have lost $1,000. You, you, you That's insane. And uh, our final guy, he's going to be a weekly stand-in here. Uh, Calvin Ridley scoring zero points for your fantasy lineup. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to help you here. Calvin's got to get on the. Calvin's got to get the production up. <laughs> he needs to step it up off the. Uh, he, Calvin, you know, get in. Get get in the game. Fun fact, Ben. Calvin Ridley scored as many points as you and I did, and as uh, Michael Gallup did on Sunday. Yes, a goose. I, I for fantasy for fantasy purposes this year, I am just as good as Calvin Ridley. <laughs> You are slot me in the lineup. You are just as good of an NFL wide receiver as Calvin Ridley. Yes. There's no difference. As of right now. (laughs) As of right now. Oh, man. Uh, Let's hop into our takeaways from Sunday. I'm going to lead us off. Are you? We are. Uh, Well, actually, so we... (laughs) We completely skipped one major piece of news that I'm just now realizing. Uh, we did? We did not even talk about Brees Hall, the Jets, any of that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How do we miss that? The point of my despair, and we didn't even touch it. Uh, yeah, so Brees Hall rips off a 62-yard run on Sunday, has people <laughs> screaming that he's the Dynasty RB1, that he's I, the 101 next year. that, like... Right after he did that, you sent something to like our main league's group chat. You were just like Brees Hall, and just just didn't say anything else. You just said Brees Hall. Yep. Two plays later, and then tears his ACL Bam-o. out Snapped. for the year. So, if anybody's listening to this podcast and you were a Brees Hall owner, you have that man over here to thank Josh Johnson. He just blew Brees Hall's career. Way to go, you idiot. <laughs> Brees Hall, oh, dude. I was so, listen. Dude, you were you were on a dang cloud. I was ecstatic. In that league, I have Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, and it looked like I had legitimately two of the top six running backs the rest of the year, potentially. Because you Kenneth were Walker, feeling good, you're like, dude, next year my dynasty squad is going to be absolutely freaking loaded. Yeah, I'm thinking, and it, I mean, it still is, but I'm thinking even this year, I'm like, shoot, it may just happen. Like these dudes are balling. Like you could out. go on, a, you could go on a run. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know what? It might just happen. And then Brees Hall tears his ACL. DK Metcalf rips up his knee, and everything goes up in a cloud of smoke. It's all over. Um. So yeah, it you still super, got Walker. It's, I think on that same Walker. team you have Justin Herbert too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's been awesome. <laughs> it's been so good, and I have Kyle Pitts. Oh, it's been a, it's been a. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> the hits just keep coming. <laughs> the all before the season team. we were like looking your roster up and down. I'm like, all right, yeah, Josh is gonna be a problem this year. He's he's done a good job building the squad. We're gonna we're gonna have some competition. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. None, none at all. Just a We're pushover. Uh, yeah. So I guess really quickly, 
with regard to dynasty value here, Brees Hall, it's it's obviously an enormous headache, uh, a big jump, stumbling block, whatever you want to call it. It's a bump in the road. But a bump. <laughs> I do think going forward, starting next year, it it from the report, it was a clean ACL ACL tear. It was not like like the Javante Williams, the J.K. Dobbins ACL tears were like he an didn't ACL blow his whole knee. Right. It was just pretty much a clean ACL tear. And then I think there was like a note about a meniscus, but it wasn't like it was the good ACL tear if there can be one. So he should be good to go start of next season. But uh, obviously he will not be at full strength start of next year. And he probably won't look the same for much of next year. And, you know, down the stretch, he should figure things out. But uh, especially if they re-sign James Robinson. Oh, good God. Yeah, I know. That's the other part of this. They traded for James Robinson, who's on an expiring contract. So that will be something to monitor. But I do think Brees Hall is probably still a top six dynasty running back. You probably still feel great about him. He showed more than enough. Like, he was the dynasty RB1. I think I don't think that the argument was being thrown around too much. After that... 62 yard run it was like oh my god there's okay my bullish self was still sitting here like nah it's jt one breeze two now it's back to jt's jt's one yeah jt jt is one jt's one i think until further notice i think swift is probably retaking that role at two for dynasty i mean it's still probably breeze and javante at that three and four i would guess breeze at three I'll take actually. Uh, um, Kenneth actually, now that you you mentioned that, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, no, yeah, Walker's up there. Um, Etn's got to shoot up the rankings now too. Yeah, he's way high. But I do think that Brees and Javante will be in a similar like that six seven five six sort of range. Um, they're gonna be, they're gonna be right there. I don't think, and I do think that in startups next year, Brees all goes probably in the second round, potentially third round. So I, I do think he will go very high next year as well. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Other part of this. Right before we hit record on the episode, the Jets to, Thank replace, you, <laughs> to replace Brees Hall traded a fifth rounder, essentially, for James Robinson. So now you have Travis Etienne. I'm going to go out on a limb. My takeaway of the week is Etienne is now a top 10 running back rest of season. James Robinson now slots in probably as the main running back in a team that wants to run the ball. He gets a huge boost. Both ETN and James Robinson are winners here. Yeah, this is this is phenomenal. I am very sorry for the 20 minutes that Michael Carter fans were <laughs> were sitting here just ecstatic. In the only league I think um that Michael Carter was even on waivers, I think I texted you. Not long before the trade, he's like, dude, what's how much fab should I blow on Michael Carter? Should I blow all of it? Not going to blow all of it anymore. <laughs> You're not going to put any of it now. <laughs> I, put, I put some. You put Because, I mean, I think more or less like James Robinson will slide into Brees Hall's role. However, obviously James Robinson isn't as talented as Brees Hall. Nobody's going to question that. And I don't think he's as good a pass catcher as Brees Hall was in that offense. So Michael Carter... At least my initial take, we haven't seen him play, but I think he retains way more of a role as a pass catcher in this offense, so that's really good for him. 
But obviously, Brees Hall or not Brees Hall, um, Robinson is going to be the bell cow feature back, quote unquote. Yeah, I I think, and what's interesting here is James Robinson. I would not imagine they'll re-sign him at the end of this season. So I wouldn't he, think so. It'll be it'll be interesting to monitor. I don't think they do. Yeah, and he's going to go out like I don't think Jacksonville was going to. No, I don't think they were. The RB class, the uh, the free agent running back class for next year is absolutely loaded. I haven't really dived into many of the contracts. Who who's it going to be? I know Robinson, James Robinson, um, David Montgomery, is he going one? Damian Montgomery, Harris, yeah. J- uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, oh, Jacobs is Jacobs is getting expensive. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's playing himself into some money that right now. It'll be interesting. To Don't see. exercise my fifth year. All right, watch this. <laughs> that dude, they really said, we don't want you. And he said, you sure? <laughs> yeah. You sure about that, boys? You sure about that? It's the dang oh, RB4 man. on the year. Golly. Lead us out of here. Give us your takeaway from Sunday. Let's wrap this thing up with a book. My, my final take, and I know I'm a Falcons fan, but I'm also a big Joe Burrow fan. I love Jamar Chase. I've loved him since college. When the Bengals are hot, they are hot, boy. They may be, when they're on, it's it may be the most fun offense to watch in the league. Like that, they're insane, guys. Jamar Chase is on a different level right now. T. Higgins is T. Higgins. Just goes out and dominates every week. Tyler Boyd. Holy crap. I mean, he even he's out there dominating. Hayden Hurst had a good week. Like he had like eight targets, six catches. Um, Joe Mixon. I don't know if it's not necessarily that he's taking a step back, but he is taking more of a backup role to Joe Burrow in this passing offense, which we kind of predicted preseason. Yeah. But, he, I mean, he, even he's still been fine. He's been really good. So, I don't know if it's maybe because the Jet, the Bengals didn't play preseason. It's taken them some time to gel. They, but they're, they look like they're starting to roll. This is, this looks like the Super Bowl team, or the team that made it the Super Bowl last year. They're, they're picking up speed. They're looking like they have a knockout punch. That's that's what this looks like to me. They they looking like they got something to prove right now. Yeah. Bengals they got you a championship last year and they are showing that they still have the ability to just win you a week. They're still there. Joe Burrow is the QB. I th- I think I did the math right. He's the he's the QB 3 on the year and he's the overall player number 3 on the year. That's wild. We did not expect that. We we didn't see this coming. No. I absolutely can, was thinking like QB7 maybe. And I was thinking that was probably like best case scenario. We can like profile players like, oh, he doesn't have the rushing upside or all this. We forgot to take into account that dog that is Joe Burrow. And yes, it does affect fantasy. Man is a monster. Man is on a mission. He is cold as ice. He is shysty. He is everything I want in a quarterback. He's a baller. I With love that, we will end. That'll do it for this one. We'll see you later this week. We're talking more football. Who knows what? It, it's probably going to be previews. It'll be previews of the matchups coming up. Who maybe, knows? maybe somebody else will die between now and then, and we'll have to talk about that. Uh, oh God, we can have more depressed uh, 
therapy sessions about our fantasy football teams. That's really all this is. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's there. It's just a release. Oh, man. That'll do it for this one. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, we are there at Fantasy Brothers underscore. We're on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the bell there. Finally. Finally. You can sit there and stare at our ugly faces for an hour. <laughs> uh, leave us a review. If you leave comments you on YouTube, that. we will be pretty, pretty active uh, answering those. Definitely. Uh, and check us out if you if you enjoy the show want to support the show check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fantasy brothers that'll do it for this week or this episode we'll see you later this week peace Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.